evening. Welcome to Laughing Monkey Music Show. Terry and Glenn. Glenn Matlock, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? It's okay. nice to have us back on again. We had a laugh about a year ago or something, didn't we? We did. We had a couple laughs. We did the, um, we went over some records with me, and we did, we did uh, an initial show before that. It's like your third time, but I'm excited. We're here to talk about your album. Oh, and okay. I was lucky enough to hear the whole thing, and wow. it is fantastic. Oh, you like it? Uh, Good. I'm quite pleased with it. Um, yeah, it's a bit of yeah. departure and a kind of same old thing kind of way. But yeah, I'll, I'll just try and write. In my mind, there's a kind of a classic songwriting rock thing, and I, I kind of stick to that, but with different knobs on it, you know. Well, it, it, it's a very rock and roll album. I mean, and that's what it is. It's just, it's just good rock and roll. I mean, you have a good pop sensibility. You have from the very beginning of the Pistols, the Rich Kids, you've always had it. Your other soul albums, you know, that's just what you do. That's and, what you I know, do. Yeah. It, you know, I know one of the funny things you said when we were talking before about songwriting is you like to, you don't like to record your stuff, but you'll write it and if it sticks in your head for a while, it's good. If yeah. not, you're not going to remember it. Was well, that, that part of this? Said, you know, is, is if you can't remember it yourself, how can you expect anybody else to? You know? Well, right. I mean, in the in the noodling process, maybe you might want to be recording it a little bit, but you got a better memory than I can. I don't remember anything, so right. good music or not. I, I, rem I remember what's worth remembering, and the things I can't remember is a useful phrase, which is selective amnesia, and I I abide by that. <laughs> that is it is what is the the time frame? So you have thirteen songs in this album. How long did it take you to get these all recorded? Well, I, 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 it's, it's sort of been a little while coming out because of lockdown and stuff. I've recorded the bulk of it before that. Mm -hmm. But I remember talking to Ian Hunter a long time ago. I did a bit of work with him and what he liked to do. He's got a, a good idea for a song and how it goes kind of thing, but you haven't necessarily filled in all the blanks of the lyrics. So you kind of record it and you go la 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 and you've got your hook phrase here and there. And then you just sit on it for a bit, you know, and you play it over and over and you keep adapting the words and things. So I kind of did that, but then lockdown happened. I'd recorded some of the songs, but not all of them. I sat on them for a bit. And then in lockdown, I wrote a couple of more, <laughs> which is the first song and the last song on the album, which kind uh, of qualified what the point I was trying to get across with with the the whole record, I think it encapsulates it, those two songs. And I revisited the vocals, changed a bit here and then re-sang the whole thing again. Got my mate James Hallowell, who also plays with the Water Boys on it, to play keyboards on it. He's got a little studio, we recorded the vocals with him. And it came out, it came out and I sent it over to my mate Mario, McNa Mario J. McNaughty in New York, who mixed it, who um, did my last album as well. So, yeah, I've kind of got a little team of people I work with. And, and hopefully each time I do an album, it gets that little bit better. I think the songwriting's I would say this, but generally quite strong. I always write an all right song, and every now and then I write a pretty good one, I think, you know. I agree. So. I think this is a very solid, solid thing. I've been excited because I had your single when it came out, uh, your little, was the last year I think I got it. So I've been excited with those just two songs. This album, I've been waiting, so I was pleasantly Oh, yeah, the little happy. limited edition vinyl we yeah. did. Yeah, it was just me and Al playing, you know, because we did a few. He got stuck with me. <laughs> so slick, he got stuck with me in lockdown. It's a and great little single, though. FaceTime live things, and then we thought, oh, 
actually we've probably got a single out of this so it was just something to do but now you've got a full band version of those songs you know i think they've come on quite a lot yeah you start off with and you sing you start and you end with so people don't know they don't have it yet but when they do head on a stick is the first song of the album and you end with this ship those are the two songs you're talking about uh head on a stick is actually your first single also yeah you want to talk about that a little bit Guess like so. the musicians and stuff, I guess. Well, <laughs> what was your songs? I'm talking about. I want to know about that. Well, that one because it was recorded in lockdown, and I didn't really have an access to a studio. And also in lockdown, I'd done a few things like charity things, you know, support the the nurses over here, and a couple of other sessions that people approached me about. And I did a load of stuff online, you know, with people never meeting up with each other. I even did a, I even did a record with a band. Well, a mate of mine, Henry Padovani, who was the original guitarist in The Police, is Corsican, lives in Corsica. He wrote to me and he said, Glenn, this, this band have approached me to do some guitar on it, but it needs some bass. Would you do it? And Henry was in Corsica. This is all online. I said, yeah, send, send me the tape. And I really liked it. I can't even forget the name of the band, but it was like a real modern rock thing. And I came up with like a sort of Jackie... Not check it, hold the cues, okay, kind of bass line, you know, guy from Cannes, um, and sent it back to them. But I didn't realize, but they were actually in Argentina and they dug it and they spoke to their manager who reached out to me and then paid me from Switzerland. <laughs> and like, we never, nobody ever met, but it, it was a way of working, and lots of musicians were doing stuff like that. Yeah. So, anyway, when I wrote these couple of new songs, I thought, oh, and I was talking to Clem Burke and his he had access to a studio sort of when your lockdown was a bit less lighter in Los yeah. Angeles. So I sent him a guitar track over and he put the drums to it and then he sent them back. And when lockdown lifted here, I went in and did, did all the guitars and James played keyboards on it. Um, so I'm quite pleased. That's all my guitar work on those two songs. So um, it's my, I think it's my first ever showing off guitar solo in public. <laughs> Well, there you go. That is, that is a it, good it, it took a few, that song. It took a few goes, you know. But to me, you know, lyrically, I put it out as the first one because, I mean, all round the Western world is this horrible right lurch to the right. And I think there's a load of wrong ones, we say, have been leading us down the wrong path. And yeah, I, think, I think they should be held to account. And I think they should receive their comeuppance. So... Metaphorically, I'd like to see all their heads on a stick. You know, to me, it kind of particularly applies to what's going on with Brexit over here. But, you know, it was written when Boris Johnson, who's a complete right. toe rag, I think. You know, he still had Trump at the time when I was initially writing the lyric. And it's kind of aimed at people like that. Really. It could be reflected over here, too, in the US. Yeah. I'm sure I'm, people can relate to that, too. I'm heavily unenamored with people like that and if i had to sum up the song in a four-word phrase i would say it's a spleen venting toe tapper right. <laughs> well, the thing is, fun. if you put that in initials it sounds like sexually transmitted disease so maybe we shouldn't go there. yeah we won't, we won't bring oh, that i down. know <laughs> that the title um but i mean it's what's great is there's a lot of uh variety on this album because i mean you do have a lot of um piss and vinegar when you write stuff like consequences coming i mean you have things where you, you kind of put it out there but then you have a fun song and i was telling you before like some of my favorite songs magic carpet ride 
Well, Ooh, okay. That melody is fantastic. Magic, it might be a fun song, but on the other end, again, it sort of fits in with what's going on with here. It's like our politicians have dragged us off on this magic carpet ride. It could have been a black magic carpet ride, looking back, you know, right. to who knows where, who knows when. That's the thinking behind the song, you know, and that whole thing, no place to run, no place to... What can you do about it, apart from moan about it? Tried to kind of um, stir it up a bit. Hell, I've even got a doo-wop song on the album. I don't know if you noticed that one. There's that one called Tried to Tell You. Yep. Uh, because that I was, was stuck at I home. I'll never go to BVs. And I'm a big fan of the Flamingos doing I Only Have Eyes For You. So I thought, stick them in there. And I sent them to Mario. And I said, I'm not sure about these. And he said, no, love it. So there you go all the way through well that was literally my next question because in our last show we did, we did a, uh we talked about records and stuff that you loved and music we talked about so a lot of this of your influences kind of come up i can kind of feel you know some of the songs and the styles that you like and that song you know, try to tell you just really felt like it was right out of our conversation and i love songs like that too so that is you know another song i really love top Good. of the album what's wrong you know? with the other ones there's nothing wrong with them. I can have favorites <laughs> every other week. You ask me next week, I will have different favorites too. Although I'm a sucker for a, for a ballady doo song, though. Um, but you also do you do consecrating on there. That was also on your your single. You put that on there. It's a, it's a a newer version, a little different than what we we're used to. Uh, kind of fun, more upbeat. Constant craving. Yeah, Did, was that on the single? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Huh. You sure? Pretty sure it was. Yeah, oh. I've heard you do it before, so it's got to be from that. Yeah. I better, better go and have a look then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good song, though. It's a good cover. It's because I wouldn't expect that from you, and it's a really good rendition of something. Well, on, uh, on my last album, um, Good to Go, I actually did a cover of a Scott Walker song called Montague Terrace and Blue. I like mm -hmm. a ballad. Um, big fan of Anthony Newley. I was watching him on the Baccarat show, sort of doing a. 20 minute duet with Sammy Davis Jr. You know, and it's all these big, they're not really show tunes, but they are from shows, but you know, really good ballads with great lyrics. And so I've I kind of got that side to me. I'm not much of a crooner, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, you know, and that's it. And it comes out, how it comes out. But I've always loved that Constant Craven song. You know, it's a song about yearning that you think there's a better way of going about mm -hmm. things. And, um, you know, sometimes you shouldn't show up from a challenge because if you kind of win in some way or whatsoever, it puts hairs on your chest, you know, so. But it's also, uh, you you also do it a little bit differently than the original too. It's kind it's of no fun point actually being a piece. The same. There's no, no point doing it the same. In fact, when we was doing it, I said to Chris Musto, who plays drums on that one, I said, well, hang on, just lay into it a bit differently. He said, well, like that. I said, no. Imagine the Stones doing Harlem Shuffle, doing Constant Craven, and that's kind of what we went. Dum, 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 dum. And then Earl played it, and he's almost got some Ashes to Ashes kind of um, guitar picking on it and stuff. And and also playing bass on that track is Norman Watrow from the Blockheads, and I was quite pleased to get him on the album. Um, and also he used to play with Gino Washington and the Ram Jam Band, so it's all kind of coming together in in, in that. I don't know. Yeah.
Oh, oh, the Ram Jam band, the same one does Black Betty, that Ram Jam band? Or is this no, no, band? no. Do you know, band? do you know, oh, do you know by Texas Midnight Runners? Yeah. Uh, well, that's about Gino Washington. And they were, okay. was an American guy, but he was this black soul singer who was over here in the 60s, very early 70s. And, um, you know, Northern Soul, we call it. Um, yeah. So he played with them. Yeah. High it's, um, review. Face in a Crowd is another one. I mean, you've got these, every song has such a different flavor to it. It's really great. It's like a a mixed bag on some um, level. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a theme to a lot of the album. You know, we've spoken about Constant Craven and Magic Carpet Ride and the consequences come in. And this shit is kind of because we've got such a right wing government and. You know, they, they're trying to say, oh, well, if you don't vote for us and believe in us, you're not a patriot. You know, well, that's nonsense. But the song's about questioning your patriotism if you've been led down the wrong path by people who are wrong in your mind. So there's that. But you can't have every song like that. And Facing the Crowd is a sort of an unrequited love song kind of thing, really. And it, it's set in the West Village in New York. I co-wrote it with a friend of mine called Patty Paladin. He used to work with Johnny Thunders, American lady who lives in England. And whenever mm. I'm kind of got half an idea for for a lyric, but get a bit stuck, like phone her up and um, we knock some things around together. And that was what I am. So that's that's a slightly older song that's never seen the light of day. I did actually want Blondie to do it. I thought it would be right up there straight, but they thought it was a bit too much like Blondie. Hey, hey, what can you do? You know, that's, that's really interesting. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, another song I want to actually ask you about is um, is this Empty Heart, which is, you know, another another. I mean, they're all really good. It's just like where was that one coming from? Because it feels like even the song selection, the way the albums put together, they all fit cohesively, but they all you don't feel like you're you're leading into one song to the other. You you know, it's really broken up. In a way well, where you know, I mean, the pace is good. Much as I like them, I don't want to be like the Ramones, you know, when every song's almost like a carbon copy of that. But it's or, done. Or people ask me what I think about Oasis, and I say they're like status quo. And people say, well, nothing like them. I say, oh, yeah, but if you go in a bar and somebody puts one of their songs on a jukebox, it's really good yeah. for that one song. But if you had an old album of it, you know, whatever you want, da, 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 hey Caroline, da, 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 you know, it's all the same. You got to, you got to jiggle it around a little bit, I think. You know, if you was an artist, you don't only use blue and red. You use a bit of yellow and maybe a bit of purple in there somehow. Um, maybe I don't have to talk some rubbish. <laughs> you got some fantastic guitar work on here too. Um, Obviously, you did some of it yourself. Who else was on the album, though? Besides, well, El Slick plays a lot of the lead guitar in it. I play okay. rhythm guitar. Um, I did play bass on a track or two. Um, Neil X, who was in Zigzag Sputnik, and he's actually in my live band wow. in England at the moment. He also plays with Mark Armand. And on a track, there's a track called um, uh, Something About the Weekend. Um, I got a guest artist, and it's his name's Hot Eye, and he's like the Jeff Beck of Japan. Yeah. That song's a co-writer, and he's the guy who wrote the Kill Bill theme tune. 
But I didn't know that at the time. And I met him. He came to see us play. I think he wanted to meet El Slick. And mm -hmm. I met him and he invited us to a show he was doing a few weeks later. And I went with Neil X. And he came out on stage and he played this song. And I said to my mate, Neil, I said, he's a Queen's Park Rangers fan. That's my football team. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, but it's, this is the music that the team walked out to on the pitch. And he said, no, you <laughs> nip. He said, it's the th theme from Kill Bill. And he wrote it. I went, oh, right. <laughs> you don't know till you know, you know. But he's a great guy, fantastic guitarist. And I'm, I'm really honoured to have him on the album. So, um, yeah, he's, he's kind of... And, and you know what? He's very, For a Japanese guy, he's very tall. He's about six foot two. Wow. So, but check him out. Hotai. I will. Cool. Great. I love checking that. I mean, in Japan, he'll do like three or four consecutive nights at the Budokan, you know. So there you go. Perhaps that'll help with my Japanese sales. You never know. Well, you know, with, with you, and I've always learned after our talks, I always go back and deep dive and listen oh. to other artists from you. you. You've turned me on to a lot of artists over the years, too. Um, so we just can't have, have you mentioned Stackridge yet? We have not. Please. Let's check out Stackridge. Yeah. They were pre-madness before madness. And I saw them at the Reading Festival once. And they got a fantastic song about an elephant, Dora the Female Explorer. It's kind of silly kind of kid stuff, but I like it. And they, they're from the West Country in England, sort of Somerset way. And um, they got a song, I think they used to either smoke too much or drink too much really strong cider. And there's a town in the West Country called Yatton, Y-A-T-T-O-N, and they got a song called Purple Spaceships over Yatton, right? And then I was down my local pub years ago, and there's this woman, Carol, who's got a very high voice when she gets, she's had a drink. And she said, oh, you know, what's your favourite bands, Glenn? And just for a laugh, I said, Stackridge. And she went, oh, I used to go out with a lead singer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all kind of connected, but check them out. Anyway. I've jumped in. Tell me what. No, I, I love that. I love the little side turns with you because, you know, hmm. there's always a story or an adventure with you. You've done, but the thing is, you actually have, you play with a lot of bands, or you've actually played with a lot of younger bands too. You know, you do have your your finger on the pulse of all different types of music and different artists. You're not just stuck in like one one type of genre, you know, which is, I think, maybe reflective. That, maybe that's my problem. I, I personally feel, though, there's only two kinds of music. It's good and bad. Now, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but it doesn't really matter what idiom it's in. Um, I kind of appreciate, appreciate the sort of artisanship of people playing or the right. not real virtuosity like Stanley Clark or something like that. But, you know, I think musicians, when they get to a certain level, they transcend what their plan is and they tend to play like their personality a little bit. I mean, El Slick, when he plays, he's a real crabby git, right? He's like Walter Matthau. And he plays like that. You know, it's real spiky. And, and then he does a ribbon part. It's like, and it's like, because his milk wasn't delivered that morning, he's taken it out on the guitar. But it's kind of true, though, you know. I have to go back and watch that. You guys, that makes you guys the odd couple of rock and roll. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
But you guys you know, are great I'm, together, though. I'm proud to be Jack Lemmon, you know. <laughs> you guys are great together, though. You guys are funny together. Uh, but, well, maybe we'll do some more together, you know, if I can get... If the record takes off and we get offered some proper gigs, you know, like Al to be on board in the States, at least, you know. Well, that that's the other question. I mean, because you are also doing stuff right now with, with Blondie, right? Congratulations yeah. on that, by the way. It's a well-deserved gig for you. Um, and, Thank you. Um, I'm so happy to hear that, because can't be enough of you out there um what is so did you record with them too is that what i heard there's some recording on oh that? yeah i i put the bass down on a new album in the fall in new york cool i haven't heard the finished thing yet i just did a rhythm tracks with them it sounded interesting wait and see i don't know what's happening yet i pitched a couple of song ideas and we recorded a couple whether i'll end up on the album or not i don't cool. know um i mean my original plan was to get the album out tail end of last year and do all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. just doesn't always work out that way and now it's out now and now i'm going to get halfway through march we've got shows in mexico and lima and bogota and then we're playing in california so i'm kind of slotting the album in my album in, oh. in between that but then we'll be back in england through june um and I think the last gig with Blondie is at the Glastonbury Fest. No, we're doing this thing with Iggy, and it's quite funny, actually, in this band called Generation Sex, which is Billy Idol, Tony James, Steve Jones, and Paul Cook. And do you know what? They're supporting us. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Paul earlier on, actually. I had a coffee with him down at Port Vale Road. It's, it's funny. But after that, hopefully I can set some shows up for my band. Because to I'd me, love to see you play uh, at some point. Uh, I'd love to see you play at some point too. I'm not stopping you. I'm not well, hopefully stopping it's a little you. closer than, than um, me hopping over the seas, you know. Yeah, but people, always, oh, people always say this, but how do you think we feel? We have to go halfway around the world to earn enough money to pay the gas bill. I know. I'm not. Hey, one thing I support in the show is telling people to go to the shows. I'm just saying if you're somewhere close enough, I don't have to go across the ocean. Well, but um, we if did, you get a New we York did. show, or we'll you know, we, pl we played in Huntington. Where was you? That's not far from you. Would you, would you play? Huntington in Long Island in, in August or September. We did that. We played Pier 17. That's straight down on the, the train, down the Hudson Valley. You could have been there. That's, that's yeah. with Blondie, but... That's you right. Know, I'm not going to break your balls too much, but I have you can, you can absolutely break it. You've, you've done it every time we've spoken. <laughs> I would I would expect less from you at this point. Well, there you go. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I I would be disappointed if you didn't. I'm I'm talking a solo. I wouldn't be, if you get your your place in Greenwich and you play New York. I'd love to see you do. I'd love to go down to New York and see you do a show down there. Uh, do you know uh, where I'd really show. like to play? I'd like to play at the bitter end. I know it's not the biggest thing, but when I was over there, um, Clem said to me, oh, "Come, let's go and see this guy." And I said, "What guy?" And he said, "Oh, we'll, we'll get there." And the show was at like 6.30 or something like that. And I thought, what kind of time is this for a show? And I went down there. And um, what's the guy's name? It's not Hal Blaine. It was this guy who used to play with a cutting crew. Mm -hmm. And he was a keyboard player. And he did a set with his, he's 70-something. He, um, he did um, all the songs that he played on. With his, half his family was singing with a drummer and a bass player and a guitarist. Not many people there, maybe 60 people there, but in the front yeah. row was Paul Schaefer from um, 
you know, the Letterman oh, show, yeah, the Pistols. But he did all these songs that he played on, you know, these boots are made from walking and help me run there. Because he was in the country, it was great. It was really different. I, I loved it. We met him afterwards. It's cool. And I'd actually met him before. I didn't realise, but he'd been um, Nancy Sinatra's MC, and I'd met him in London. I went to see her. Yeah. So and that was, that, that was the club you played that he played at that you liked also. I'd, I'd like to play that. Yeah. This kind of that whole Greenwich Village thing, you know. Get myself That's what I'm just saying. Bob Dylan cap and hang on, hang on, hang on. You got one? Yeah, yeah, of course. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. <laughs> See, I can do that. Better on. You could do that. That's pretty funny. Easy, but yes, I would, I would, I would love to see you within a couple hours of me. See you do you. Yeah, right. I love Blondie, but I would love to see you well, do you. I'm working on it. So, you know, thanks for helping us bigging up the record. If it takes off yeah. a bit, it's like what we do depends on guys yeah. like you, which I very appreciate, to kind of get the word out and then you can come and play, you know. Yeah, there's, there's, I understand. Sadly, there's economics involved, you know. Um, I talk about that all the time. If people can't, if people don't show up and they can't do it, you know, it's necessary. It's not that you don't want to do it. It is the economics. So I know you got got more to go on on. So we're gonna wrap it up. I just want to tell people check out this new album, uh, Head on a Stick. Um, the single's already out. The whole album is, is fantastic. I don't and I don't listen to crappy music, so I'm gonna tell you right now. I wish <laughs> I actually reached out to him and said I got I got I got to do this with you because this is what I've heard is good. And then I got the rest of the album sent to me. and I'm like. I'm in, um, you know, and, and go back, check out some of Glenn's other stuff too, because like Rich Kids and other stuff he's done, he's written on a lot of the stuff. He's played with other bands and other things. So check out his other stuff. He's not just this one, what we know from the Pistols. Glenn's had a lot of stuff. And I'm going to add to put a pin in it. Go back and check the show we did with me with the record show. Go on YouTube and listen to the records when he's talking about his influences, because there's so many other artists that you, 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 you talk about that are really great. And I've been turned on. And I listen to a lot of music. So the fact that you, I'm constantly getting turned on to music by you is is great. Um, but I want you to wrap this up, your last. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll just say, you know, thanks for that. I mean, not only is this album coming out, Cooking Vinyl are putting that out. are going to put out my, reissue my last two albums, Good To Go, and the one before that, Born Running, and maybe even the ones before that. And they will all be available if you're in America. You, you can pre-order the album now on Townsend Music. I think that's okay. the link. And you can, you know, it's going to be on Amazon and all Spotify right. and all that kind of stuff. But check it out. You know, I'm proud of it. Something to now, do. One hey, yeah. Mister, what is Hey, Mister on? I love that song. Well, that one's not on nothing apart from on, it's on YouTube or somewhere. I love That's that. one that, that I kind of just threw out there a while back. Wow. Um, Wouldn't suck yeah, if you put it out it somewhere. Should, <laughs> maybe it should be on, on something. I think it should. Yeah, I love it, that song. Yeah, that was yeah. me kind of trying to do a bit of a, um, what is it? It's kind of like uh, all the young dudes meets the Grease Band doing a little help with my friends. I love the Grease Band, you know, Joe Cocker. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. I just, I heard that. I was like, God, that's a good song. It's just, you just write good songs. I think that's what it is. I just, I, you know, it's just good music. So, Glenn, I want to thank you for being on again. As all always, right. it's a pleasure with you, man. Thank you very much. I'll see you soon and maybe see you at a better end.